Tonight on the Worldview Report, we have blistering oral arguments on the Supreme Court case where Colorado Democrats are trying to remove Donald Trump from the 2024 presidential ballot. Is living out in the country racist? There's a new study out saying that if you live in a rural area and are white, you might be a racist. And the explanation will light your hair on fire. Squatters have taken over 1,200 homes in one major U.S. city, and the idea that you can no longer be safe in your own space is spreading to other cities as well. We'll break down the threat. A rare earthquake hits Florida and two airplanes collide on the tarmac of a major U.S. airport. And Joe Biden willfully stole classified documents he did not have authorization to declassify. And then he shared them publicly. But the special prosecutor says Biden won't be charged with a crime. And you will not want to miss the bizarre reason. Biden is getting off the hook. All these stories and more as the Worldview Report begins right now. This is Worldview Report with host Brandon House. Whether it is news from the nation's capital or your state capital, from the classroom to the boardroom, from national security to national and local news that impacts you and your family. Worldview Report is your trusted source for vital and uncensored news. And now, here is Brandon House. Good evening and welcome to the Worldview Report. Leading off tonight, there was some interesting banter in oral arguments before the U.S. Supreme Court on Thursday about whether or not President Trump can be removed from the Colorado ballot based on the Democrats' allegation that he instigated insurrection on January 6th of 2021. Chief Justice John Roberts shredded the Democrats' argument in one sentence. Justice Roberts said, quote, insurrection is a broad, broad term, end quote. That can be defined subjectively based on politics, not criminal law. Watch this. What do you do with the, what I would seem to me to be plain consequences of your position? If Colorado's uh, position is upheld, surely there will be disqualification proceedings on the other side, and some of those will succeed. Some of them will have different standards of proof. Some of them will have uh, uh, different rules about uh, evidence. Maybe the Senate report won't be accepted in others because it's hearsay. Uh, maybe it's beyond a reasonable doubt, whatever. In very quick order, I would expect, um, although my predictions have never been correct, uh, I would expect that uh, you know, a goodly number of states will say, uh, whoever the Democratic candidate is, you're off the ballot, and others, uh, the, for the Republican candidate, you're off the ballot, and it'll come down to just a handful of states that are going to decide the presidential election. That's a pretty daunting consequence. Well, certainly, Your Honor, the fact that there are potential frivolous applications of a constitutional provision isn't a reason— Well, no, hold on. I mean, you might think they're frivolous, but probably the people who are bringing them may not think they're frivolous. Um, insurrection is a broad— uh, broad term. And if there's some debate about it, I suppose that will go into the uh, decision. And then eventually what we would be deciding, uh, whether uh, there was an insurrection when one president did something as opposed to when somebody else did something else. And what do we do? Do we wait until near the time of uh, uh, counting the ballots and sort of go through which states uh, are valid and which states aren't? 
There's a reason Section 3 has been dormant for 150 years, and it's because we haven't seen anything like January 6th since Reconstruction. Insurrection against the Constitution is something extraordinary. It seems and to me you're avoiding the question, which is other states may have different views about what constitutes insurrection. And now you're saying, well, it's all right because somebody, presumably us, are going to decide, well, they said they thought that was an insurrection, but they were wrong. And maybe they thought it was right. And we'd have to develop rules for what constitutes an insurrection. Yes. In other words, who gets to define what's an insurrection? That's the question. And Democrats, well, they hate that argument because they have no answer for it. Paul Joseph Watson, writing for Modernity.News, reports that a group of major wildlife organizations in the UK have told the government that the countryside is racist because it is dominated by white British cultural values. White British cultural values, really? And in Britain, imagine that, right? The Telegraph, which is one of the many corporate shills for the global deep state with headquarters in London, reports, quote, Wildlife and Countryside Link, a charity umbrella group whose members include the RSPCA, World Wildlife Fund, and National Trust, made the claim in evidence provided to Parliament on racism and its influence on the natural world, end quote. With more and more natives fleeing cities beset with problems caused by globalist diversity programs and mass migration, well, apparently that's a driving problem in the eyes of these globalists. The report claims that the country's green spaces are, quote, dominated by white people, end quote, and are influenced by, quote, racist colonial legacies, end quote, that are frightening away ethnic minorities from visiting them. It adds that non-whites cannot, quote, enjoy the outdoors, end quote, because of the perception that the countryside is a, quote, white space, end quote. The report further states that, quote, cultural barriers reflect that in the UK, it is white British cultural values that have been embedded into the design and management of green spaces and into society's expectations of how people should be engaging with them, end quote. The groups are demanding that the government create a, quote, legally binding target for access to nature, end quote, in order to address, quote, structural racism, end quote. Folks, this is a real thing. The mere fact that you own property in a rural area, well, apparently that makes you a racist who is oppressing the migrants who have every right in the eyes of these globalist elites to, well, enjoy your property. And they are the ones pushing this nonsense to invade your space and take away your private property. Which, by the way, when you read the Communist Manifesto, that's exactly what you find. The end of private property. Speaking of people invading spaces they're not entitled to, it's happening right now in U.S. cities. Take Atlanta, for example. American Wired News reports that squatters have, quote, commandeered more than 1,200 homes in Atlanta that they're now using to effectively terrorize local residents, end quote. According to Bloomberg, quote, things are so bad in Atlanta that many owners offer intruders money to leave, and many property managers won't check on suspect houses alone, end quote. Matt Urmbetsky, a local business owner who runs a home cleaning and construction firm, told Bloomberg that last spring, a squatter shot one of his employees in the leg, after his employees tried to remove the man's possessions from a home 
he did not own. Quote, I'd be terrified in Atlanta to lease out one of my properties, end quote. That's what he told Bloomberg. The crisis is especially affecting the rental industry, with even big rental giants taking losses because of it, especially because, well, evicting squatters, that can take half a year or longer due to the backlog in the court system. And it's overwhelming the police. Tiber Capital Group CEO Simon Frost, he wrote a note to local authorities begging for their help. The letter states, quote, unlawful occupants often brandish weapons and threaten neighbors, including children. This problem is rapidly growing. We are concerned about the impact that this is having on safety and livability of our local neighborhoods, end quote. If this is hurting big corporations like Tiber Capital Group, well, imagine how small-time individuals who are just trying to rent out their property are faring. Grabansky told Bloomberg, quote, a small individual who would want to use that property to build their long-term wealth and secure their future, it could potentially destroy them, end quote. One local resident told the New York Post they're afraid to simply go on vacation because squatters might take over their home. And they added, quote, is this even America anymore? We are homeowners and we can't even do anything about trespassers, end quote. One of these Atlanta squatters even had the audacity to try to turn a home into an adult-oriented business, which is the polite term for a strip club. Apparently, from my research, this is a growing problem across the U.S., not just in Atlanta. A rare earthquake hit the coast of Florida on Wednesday, which sent rumbles across the city of Palm Bay. The 4.0 magnitude earthquake came as a surprise to Floridians who scarcely experienced the natural phenomenon as they are not known to be living on any kind of fault lines in that area. The strongest ever earthquake to hit Florida was on January 12, 1879, and measured in at 4.4. Yet, Wednesday's quake is the largest one ever recorded off the state's east coast, with a 3.9 magnitude earthquake in 2021 coming in second. Striking at 10.48 p.m. on Wednesday night, the unusual earthquake rumbled about 101 miles off the coast of Cape Canaveral in Florida's Brevard County. Wednesday's earthquake had a depth of just over six miles, making it a very shallow earthquake. That's according to USGS. More than 40 people on the Space Coast reported feeling weak or light shaking during the earthquake, but no one experienced damage. The areas hit were Titusville and Vero Beach, including Melbourne, Merritt Island, and Cocoa Beach. That's according to the USGS's Community Internet Intensity Map. Quote, some remarkable stuff. That's pretty rare that that happens around here because there's no major fault lines nearby either, end quote. So said Fox 35 Storm Team Meteorologist Jessica Dobson. The state has only seen 66 earthquakes above magnitude three and only one above four. A volcano in Iceland has erupted for the second time this year and the third time since December, pumping lava up to 260 feet into the air and disrupting life in the Reganus Peninsula in the southwest part of the country. Fountains of bright orange molten rock spewed from cracks in the ground and lava crossed a road near Blue Lagoon, 
a luxury geothermal spa, which had closed on Thursday. Watch this. The lava flow also hit thermal-based water pipes in the region just south of the capital, disrupting the supply of hot water to more than 20,000 people and leading to the Civil Protection Agency to raise its alert level to emergency status. The agency also asked households and businesses to conserve electricity, restoring hot water via an emergency pipeline that was already under construction. Well, it could take days to get it done, they said. Two JetBlue airlines collided on the tarmac of Boston's Logan International Airport on Thursday, making the third plane collision incident at Boston's airport over the past year. According to the New York Post, the Federal Aviation Administration reported that Flight 777's left winglet collided with Flight 551's right horizontal stabilizer at roughly 6.40 a.m. That was while it was on the de-icing pad. The FAA is investigating Thursday's collision. Pictures posted on X show the extent of the damage caused by Thursday's JetBlue collision. Both JetBlue and the FAA confirmed the incident to Fox Business, saying, quote, a JetBlue aircraft entering a de-icing pad lane at Boston Logan International Airport came into contact with another JetBlue aircraft on an adjacent de-icing pad lane, causing damage to one aircraft's winglet and the other aircraft's tail section, end quote. No injuries were reported from the incident. An Atlantic County, New Jersey man was arrested this week for his role in procuring, casting, and tabulating fraudulent mail-in ballots submitted in the November 8, 2022 general election. So says U.S. Attorney Philip R. Selinger. Craig Calloway, 64, a former member and president of the City Council of Atlantic City and a political organizer who assisted campaigns for elected offices in New Jersey, is charged in a criminal complaint unsealed this week with one count of depriving, defrauding, and attempting to deprive and defraud the residents of the state of New Jersey of a fair and impartially conducted election process by the fraudulent procurement casting and tabulation of ballots. Callaway was scheduled to make his initial appearance Thursday, February 8th, in federal court. U.S. Attorney Philip R. Selinger said in a press release, quote, holding free and fair elections is a bedrock principle of our democracy.
As alleged in the complaint, the defendant attempted to deprive New Jersey residents of a fair election by fraudulently procuring and casting ballots. Today's charges reflect our office's commitment to hold to account those who try to undermine the electoral process, end quote. FBI Newark special agent in charge, James Dennehy, also issued a statement, quote, voter fraud at any level chips away at the faith people have in our system. We're unable as American citizens to hold our government accountable if our votes are compromised. The FBI and our law enforcement partners understand the gravity of protecting the process and will bring those criminals who break the law to justice, end quote. This is from the same FBI folks that showed zero interest in investigating the allegations of voter fraud in the 2020 presidential election. According to the documents filed in this case, approximately one month before the November election, 2022, general election, Callaway and others working at Callaway's direction approached numerous individuals in Atlantic City and promised to pay them $30, maybe as high as $50, to act as authorized messengers for voters who supposedly wish to vote by mail. They then filled out multiple fake ballots and turned them in to the local election office. Special counsel Robert Herr has found that Joe Biden willfully retained, publicly disclosed, and grossly mishandled a number of classified documents as a private citizen. Biden took the documents during his time in the U.S. Senate and after he left the vice presidency in early 2017. He had no declassification authority in either position and shared information with his ghostwriter. And yet, Biden will not be charged with any crime. The executive summary of the report states, quote, we conclude that no criminal charges are warranted in this matter. We would reach the same conclusion even if Department of Justice policy did not foreclose criminal charges against a sitting president, end quote. So what about when Biden is no longer a sitting president, which will be in less than a year? Can he be prosecuted then? Nope. Her said, that's not going to happen. In fact, he wrote, quote, our investigation uncovered evidence that President Biden willfully retained and disclosed classified materials after his vice presidency when he was a private citizen. These materials include one marked classified documents about military and foreign policy in Afghanistan and two notebooks containing Mr. Biden's handwritten entries about issues of national security and foreign policy implementing sensitive intelligence sources and methods. FBI agents recovered these materials from the garage, offices, and basement den in Mr. Biden's Wilmington, Delaware home. However, for the reasons summarized below, we conclude that the evidence does not establish Mr. Biden's guilt beyond a reasonable doubt, end quote. Citing Biden's age and memory, the report states that a jury would not find him guilty. It states, quote, we have also considered that at trial, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury, as he did during our interview of him, as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. Based on our direct interactions with and observations of him, he is someone for whom many jurors will want to identify reasonable doubt. 
it would be difficult to convince a jury that they should convict him by then a former president well into his 80s of a serious felony that requires a mental state of willfulness, end quote. We'll be right back after this break. Welcome back. Thank you again for watching our broadcast. And remember, it's available each and every night at worldviewtube.com. It airs at 7 p.m. Central at worldviewtube.com. And then at 7.30 Central, Brandon House Live. It's all also posted at worldviewtube each and every night within hours of going off the air. So please let your family and friends know about all the free public service, education, and ministry programming available at worldviewtube.com. And if you appreciate the fact that it's free, would you please consider supporting us through our foundation? Our foundation is our largest, really, supporter that helps us push out free programming so that we don't have to immediately put it behind a paywall. Uh, television production is very expensive, and it's very expensive to make free programming available because while it's free to the public to watch, we have to pay for the bandwidth. We have to pay to have all those files stored and then delivered through bandwidth. We have to pay that bill. So our foundation comes in and helps to underwrite pushing out free programming as a public service and as a ministry of the foundation. Whereas otherwise, we just put it right behind a paywall and cover that cost. So please consider partnering with our foundation, wvwfoundation.com, wvwfoundation.com. Our foundation also sponsors a Sunday night church service. I've been teaching that Sunday night church service since 2015. I literally bring my Bible to the desk and we talk about the issues of the day through the lens of the Bible. I'm finishing up a series now called Twisted Scripture, Twisted Theology, looking at some of the most commonly twisted scriptures that lead to a bad theology and, uh, well, weak worldview, to say the least. So if you'd like to join us, that's 8 p.m. Central Time on Sunday nights at worldviewtube.com. 8 p.m. Central Time, Sunday nights at worldviewtube.com. You can also watch it later on demand, free as a ministry of wvwfoundation.com. We are looking for more regular monthly contributors. So please, $5, $10, whatever you can do a month, please consider setting up an automatic contribution at wvwfoundation.com. You'll also find our mailing address there if you prefer to support us through the mail. Thank you for that. The Supreme Court of Brazil continues to escalate the persecution against former President Bolsonaro and officials from his government, seizing their personal belongings and demanding they surrender their passports. The corrupt Brazilian court is using as a pretext their alleged participation in what the court has controversially termed a, quote, coup attempt, end quote, during widespread protest on January 8th, 2022. As noted by the Gateway Pundit, American readers are bound to find this story, well, very familiar, very similar to our own January 6, 2021 event. The Washington Post reported, quote, former Brazilian President Bolsonaro has been named a target in a federal investigation into whether his government plotted a military takeover of the country, police officials told the Washington Post Thursday, and has been given 24 hours to surrender his passport, end quote. The story goes on to say, quote, the revelation came as federal police launched a large search and seizure operation early Thursday morning 
that targeted some of Bolsonaro's closest advisors and aides, including former Justice Minister Anderson Torres and Bolsonaro's running mate, Walter Brago Neto, end quote. Just like the American FBI and DOJ did with regard to J6 here in the United States, the Brazilians insist on the fictional narrative that J8 was a, quote, coup attempt, end quote. And it was actually a riot facilitated by Lula's government. You know, Lula, the communist who went to prison and they let out if he would be their president and puppet, because I think that's exactly what happened. So this was all carried out by his government, which failed to call for troop reinforcements. In other words, it was a setup. Five United States Marines who went missing aboard a helicopter lost in a storm over California have been confirmed dead after their bodies were found Thursday. Fox News reports that first responders located the wreckage of the CH-53E Super Stallion helicopter on Wednesday, but did not locate the deceased soldiers until Thursday morning, suggesting the flooding, mudslides, and tornado alerts separated them from their aircraft during impact. The Major General, that is the commander of the 3rd Marine Aircraft Wing, said in a statement, quote, It is with a heavy heart and profound sadness that I share the loss of five outstanding Marines from the 3rd Marine Aircraft Wing and the Flying Tigers while conducting a training flight last night, end quote. The names were not yet released as of our deadline for this broadcast, but our heartfelt condolences go out to the families. Well, now it's time for our nightly Worldview Report commentary. Globalists on the left and the right want Tucker Carlson arrested and sanctioned for flying to Russia to conduct an open and transparent interview with Vladimir Putin. But they are just fine with U.S. companies sending military technology to Chinese communists to build up the already formable Chinese military. The story comes to us via the Daily Mail. And as you look at this article, you can't help but see the double standard in play. It says lawmakers, top lawmakers, put out a bombshell report Thursday revealing how billions of American dollars are flowing into the hands of the Chinese Communist Party and being used to support their military and genocidal efforts. The report states that U.S. venture capitalist companies have helped, quote, build and strengthen, in quote, China's authoritarian regime through a variety of methods. According to the House China Select Committee, over $3 billion was invested into Chinese artificial intelligence and semiconductor companies by five top U.S. venture capitalist firms between 2001 and 2023. The committee launched an investigation last summer into the finances of five companies. Sequoia Capital, Qualcomm Ventures, Walden International, GSR Ventures, and GGV Capital. Chairman Mike Gallagher, Republican of Wisconsin, warned in the report that their investigation, quote, merely scratched the surface of the danger that American investment into Chinese industry poses to our national security, end quote. And billions more beyond what they uncovered, well, may be flowing into PRC companies from Americans. So this begs the question. Why is it okay to financially support the war efforts of communists in China, but it's considered treasonous for an American journalist to go to Russia and sit down to talk with the leader of that country, well, in front of a camera? 
It's no surprise that the Democrats are calling for Tucker Carlson's arrest. Why? Because the left, they've always had a great hatred of our First Amendment. But when you see globalist rhino Republicans and never Trumpers calling for Tucker's head on a platter, well, it's really quite sickening to watch their hypocrisy. And it just proves how, well, there really is a Washington uniparty that controls every narrative coming out of Washington, D.C. So aren't you thankful for this broadcast that is not controlled and captured by the mainstream corporate media, the uniparty, or the globalist? Because where else would you get a report like you got tonight? Well, thank you for watching and thank you for supporting this listener-supported broadcast. This is our last night on Lindell TV. After three years of being the co-founder with Mike Lindell of Lindell TV, by now you probably know I'm exiting stage left. It's a friendly departure, and I thank Mike for his gracious send-off. I've been given an opportunity to continue running my own broadcast network that I started in 2006, worldviewtube.com. And then I've been offered a position as the chief operating officer and president of Patriot.tv to build that TV network for General Flynn and his team. I've never had the opportunity to build a publicly traded company, and I am looking forward to this challenge. I wanted to work with Mike Lindell, and I got that chance for three years. Thank you, Mike Lindell. I've also wanted to work with General Flynn, who I met right before I came to know Mike Lindell, and I've always wanted to work with him in a greater capacity. Now I will have had the chance to work with two great Americans, Mike Lindell and General Michael Flynn. So thank you, Mike Lindell, and thank you to all the Lindell viewers and listeners. And I'm sure we'll be seeing you again as our organizations work together and Mike appears as a guest on my show, Brandon House Live. But remember, I'm always available and live at worldviewtube.com, worldviewtube.com. So nope, my shows are not going behind a paywall where you have to pay to see them first. I'm not retiring. There's been a lot of rumors. I'm just switching to a new network that I'm going to build from the ground up. So thank you again for your loyalty and your kindness. I hope to see you again on Worldview Report at worldviewtube.com. Till next time, I'm Brandon House. May God save America. Take care.